All right, in our last episode, uh, we talked about foreshadowing, gave you a quick two-minute lesson plan. Go back to that episode if you want a quick two-minute lesson plan. That's redundant. If you want a two-minute lesson plan on foreshadowing and suspense in general, make sure you catch that last episode. In fact, go back and listen to every single episode I've ever done. Your life will be, you'll be, you'll become a better person. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms, whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy. I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. begin our discussion with uh, by defining foreshadowing. Foreshadowing in literature uh, is hints given by the author of what will happen later. Y'all knew that, you're English teachers. And if you're not an ELA teacher, why are you listening? (laughs) You know, I'm not really an ELA teacher right now. I am. I have one ELA class and four social studies classes. I am still looking for the teaching social studies podcast. You know what? I should create a teaching social studies podcast. And a ELA, no wait, socialstudiescommoncorelessonplans.com. As you know, ELA commoncorelessonplans.com is my favorite website ever created. And if you talk, you can talk to individuals in any universe in the multiverse, and they'll probably tell you the same. So you can't prove I'm wrong. So there. Foreshadowing, hints given by the author what will happen later. To demonstrate mastery of foreshadowing in literature, Students must achieve five, what I call five levels of understanding. If this were written, there'd be like a little TM sign, trademark. I trademarked this, not really. Five levels of understanding. One, they need to be able to define foreshadowing. Now, level one is simple memorization. It is possible for students or even a really smart monkey to recite the definition without understanding it. You've done this before. There's certain words you know the definition to, but you don't really know what they mean. I think it's vice versa, too. There are certain words you know. Your students might actually know the meaning of foreshadowing without being able to define it word for word. So number one, it's good to have a working knowledge of what foreshadowing is. you got to have that's foundation. Level two, students should be able to identify foreshadowing. Level two eliminates the monkey. All right. Even a smart monkey probably can't identify foreshadowing unless you've taught the monkey how to read. It shows the ability to apply the definition in a literary setting. Any high school student can do this with a bit of practice. Identification, however, falls short of mastery. So it's like one of those we know it when we see it type things. Level three, students should be able to substantiate their predictions. After all, foreshadowing involves predictions based on the author's clues. Level three is really close to mastery. It requires high-level thinking, even if the predictions are wrong. You don't have to get the predictions right to have mastered level three. It says you, you read something and you have evidence to support your prediction. If you've listened to my podcast for uh, any length of time, which I hope you have, by the way, you'll know that I'm a sports fan. And I don't, you know, usually uh, I listen to some uh, sports talk and sports pregames and a uh, little too much if you ask my wife, but she's not in this podcast. <laughs> and often they make predictions and usually those predictions are wrong. And I'm okay with that as long as the person giving the predictions actually has some substantial reasons for thinking so. As opposed to, oh, it's just something I feel in my gut. That's not going to cut it. 
and it didn't cut it for our students. It's okay to make a wrong prediction as long as that prediction is based in logic, evidence, reasoning. Then they have come uh, to either close to mastery, they've, they've certainly achieved level three. It falls short of mastery a bit in so much that the skill is only relevant as it pertains to a specific story. So let me repeat that. This skill falls short of mastery in so much that the skill is only relevant as it pertains to a specific story. So you can substantiate predictions in a story, that's fine. But in order to achieve mastery, we need to be able to take this skill and apply it outside of what we're reading outside of the classroom. And if we're not giving our students tools they can use outside of the classroom, then I think we failed. We failed. But in all fairness to us, if a student can do that with a story, he or she can probably do it outside of the classroom. So maybe le- maybe level three is mastery. Yeah, actually, if a student was able to do that, I would give him an A, which demonstrates mastery. But anyhow, let's go to level four. I'm going to have to revise my five levels of understanding. Trademarked. Oh, if I given you my foreshadowing alert, foreshadowing alert, foreshadowing alert. I want you to know before I go on to level four that anytime you're teaching foreshadowing or just reading a story, and uh, I'm not saying you want to annoy your students, but this would do it, is anytime you come across foreshadowing, you just go, foreshadowing alert, foreshadowing alert. And actually, some kids find it entertaining. It wakes them up. Some kids find it annoying. Either way, you're going to be entertaining and annoying. It's kind of like my uh, three younger kids when we were when we were traveling. My three younger kids were were uh, very fun. They just kind of rolled with it. Like, yeah, we're in a foreign country, whatever. This is fun. But they're also kind of annoying because they would never stop whatever it was they were doing. Maybe your kids are like that. I don't know. So uh, I started calling them Fanoying. So this will be Fanoying. Foreshadowing alert! Foreshadowing alert! It will be Fanoying. You're probably realizing that right now. Although I'm guessing you're thinking, this guy uh, doing a high-pitched siren. Oh, yeah, I did the siren first. I forgot about the siren. It goes like this. So let's say you're reading in The Black Cat, and the narrator says, I'm about to be executed tomorrow for a crime I committed. You would go, Roo, roo, roo! Foreshadowing alert! Foreshadowing alert! And that will... uh. And we'll get things going. I recommend it highly. Anyhow, level four. Students should be able to determine the author's purpose in using the foreshadowing. Level four indicates mastery of foreshadowing in literature. The ability to analyze author's purpose facilitates critical thinking and will help individuals make sense of advertising, political speeches, editorials, and news reports. In short, knowing what the author's purpose is will help them make informed decisions. This is This is one of the Big things when we teach literature, be it fiction or nonfiction, informational writing, is I, I think I know in my, in, in my 23 years of teaching, kind of neglected that a little bit in my early years, the author's purpose, uh, more than just to inform, to persuade, or to entertain. And sometimes the purpose can be disguised Getting students to ask, at the very least, ask themselves the question, what is the purpose of this? Why is, what is the purpose of writing this sentence? What is the purpose of writing this short story? What is the purpose of this speech, this advertisement, this this politician speaking? Even asking the question, I think, really helps our students analyze and make better decisions. And, And it goes for us too. Level five, students should be able to use foreshadowing in their own writing for a specific purpose. Level five is very difficult to measure. Few students reach this mark. It's a highly advanced skill. Few students, I mean, 
you know, outside of maybe an AP class or a college type prep class, certainly not middle school. I mean, most students can use foreshadowing kind of, uh, but for a specific purpose, who knows? I hope you enjoyed the five levels of foreshadowing. I enjoyed talking about it. Does that make me a nerd? I don't really care if it does because that's what I am. I'm a ELA nerd. All right, takeaways. Takeaway one, there are five levels of understanding, foreshadowing, of demonstrating mastery for students. That's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, we need to learn these five levels ourselves so we can better teach them. Start with level one, uh, definition, that's simple, identification, analysis. What's it called when you take something and put it in a different application? And of course, the ultimate, which is owning it. And takeaway number three, it's fun to do this. Foreshadowing alert, foreshadowing alert. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 